Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Hello, everyone. This is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om. And I have uh, with me Sheila Botello, who is a wonderful um, health-conscious healer and a coach. I want to say, in summary, I'll, I'm going to let you define it a little bit better for us, Sheila. Um, but I want to start with just asking you about, um, give us a little bit of... Um, give us your story around your self-healing and your journey as a healer. Like how did this all start for you? Um, I know you're very conscious about um, health defined for um, individual women and their cyclical needs. Um, So give us a little story about how you came to be where you are. Great. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Damla, for inviting me on to this podcast. Um, It's wonderful to be here. And I love your work in the world. I was reading your blog this week and it just really, it hit me in the most beautiful way and has left me with some things to think about for the coming week. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, And so my journey in wellness actually started when I was fairly young. I was, I had just come back from Europe teaching English as a second language and then I entered the marketing world And then that took me through to the personal development world, working corporately for a personal development company. And that's where I met my husband. And we, again, I married young and we um, started looking for ways to have a little bit more freedom because we were working really long hours and that's what you do in your twenties. It's all good. Right. But we said, you know what? We're learning all these things and meeting all these great people. Um, Okay. We can do this. If they can do it, we can do it. You know? And so we started looking for a business that we could do from home, that we could do from anywhere. And we ended up partnering with a supplement company out of the States. And we ended up working with that company for a while and we're still with them today, actually. Um, And they are what really got me more um, studying the world of wellness, how what's going on at a cellular level will affect every area of our life. And so partnering the personal development with the wellness just became a real natural fit for us. And then we had kids. And at that point, I thought, well, I really want to be able to, you know, not have to be on the road doing meetings and flying places. I want to be able to really have a nice home base. And fortunately, my my healing journey, I, you know, I went through some hormonal imbalance, uh, you know, with dealing with skin issues and Accutane that I took in my late teens. And then you know, headed into getting married, I thought, okay, I'll, I guess I'll just go on the pill because that's what people do. And that lasted a month. And I realized that, yeah, whatever's in that, it's not good for my body. So it took me a while to come back from that. Um, and then through natural healing modalities and eating properly and moving my body properly and understanding the cyclical nature of my body, 
I was able to experience great energy, uh, got pregnant exactly when we wanted, when we first started trying for both pregnancies, great pregnancies and deliveries and healthy kids. And, you know, every day we thank God for that because, you know, you can do what you can do, but it, there's a lot of grace involved. Um, but that really spoke to me about, um, especially as I was meeting people when I was having my own children, the struggle that many women go through. And so that was, all these things were kind of being downloaded, you know, as I was going through this experience and I was just kind of, you know, carrying that with me. And then, um, my sister got sick and she was diagnosed with cancer and she lived six hours away from my family. So I went to be with her for most of that six weeks. Um, at that point I was really grateful for the freedom that our business had uh, given us. But at the same time, I realized that, you know, there's something more there's women are working so hard, not giving themselves enough space. There's so many women going through health challenges and it just hit my heart, especially when she passed away. Um, it was a very short diagnosis and she left behind a two year old and a five year old. And so at that point, you know, as I was going through my healing process of that grief, I started to read things. I start, I think one of the first books I read was uh, Ariana Huffington's book thrive. And I was like, wow, the third way of, of living, you know, we don't have to be, you know, super, super feminine. We don't have to be, you know, super masculine. We can find that third way. And I thought, you know what, there's something to this. So I started an online blog at that point. And then I started to develop wellness programs and start coaching. And I'm um, an integrative nutrition health coach. So it's more than just, again, eating and moving and what diet are you on? If it's so much more than that as, as it is with you as well. It's holistic. And what's going on internally, what's happening in your mind, your heart, your soul, your past experiences. And so that's really how I got to where I am now. And it's funny because initially my foray into wellness, you know, I was healing myself almost without knowing it because starting our business was a business decision. It wasn't like, ooh, yay, vitamins. It was like, ooh, freedom. <laughs> this is people, people are gonna want this. This makes sense from a market perspective. But then of course, you know, I walk through the through the doors of the wellness world and I'm like, oh, I'm home. They're speaking this language I, I didn't know existed. And so yeah, it impacted me from that point. And here we are today and um, I'm enjoying connecting with mainly women are my target. They have people that I connect with, um, who I identify with. And I love to help people understand the whole beauty of the feminine and cyclical rhythms and how it yes. really is a powerful thing. So tell us more about that. And you talk a lot about this in your blog, in your, in, in the things that you share, what does, um, cyclical healing mean to you? Okay, well, healing cyclically is getting in touch with the phases of your menstrual cycle. If you are a woman who is not postmenopausal, um, you know, looking back, you can look way back to way back to puberty when it all began, and it was like a real rite of passage. At least I felt it was, um, and yet at the same time, there was kind of a stigma associated with it, like. Ooh, just shove it aside. Oh, every month it's going to happen. You're going to get your period and it's just, oh, it'll be over soon, right? So there was this whole kind of shoving away of this whole part of how our body operates as women. 
And, you know, I think many of my friends and many of the women I know now experience the same thing. And so to be healing from a cyclical nature is first to identify the beauty, the miraculous beauty of how our bodies are designed. And, you know, both men and women are cyclical creatures, right? Men are, they work on a 24 hour clock and women work on a 28 day clock. And even if we're not, even prior to getting our period in, in our postmenopausal years, we're still cycling, you know, every month, every week, every year, there's everything cycles. And so to heal is to first acknowledge, yeah, this is a beautiful thing. And secondly, to learn the ways of eating, moving, and living our lives around our cycle. Um, and, you know, I go into that in, in my most recent program. I actually did a free masterclass, which is up on my latest blog post um, that talks a little bit about that as well. Just kind of an introduction for people because it's like, whoa, it's almost a loaded conversation. It's like, whoa, you're going to talk about cycles. <laughs> yes. and, but then you get into it and realize, oh, it's just you hear the information and realize, yeah, it makes sense. This is what I've kind of known all along, but it was never articulated. I think for me, um, along the same lines as you were, you were saying about reading that book, Thrive, for me, it was a different book. It's called um, Female Brain by oh. Luanne Brizandine. Mm. And I read that book and she talks um, all about our natural hormonal tendencies and how this, the cycles work, the ups and downs. And I read that and I was like, finally, like I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all these ups and downs that I experience are part of this, you know, unraveling, unfolding that has a cycle. Uh, but more than that, like I can, knowing that I think the issue for me was always like, what is wrong with me? You know, but as soon as I, I switched that to, okay, like this, this is a moment this is a wave and I can, I'm moving through this. Like I'm not this wave. That was a huge shift for me. Mm -hmm. um, so how does this um, show up for you in your personal life? I know you're, you're a busy mom as well. Um, so how does cyclical living show up for you? <laughs> yes. It's so many, so many ways. And I, there's so many layers to it. And I love that book. Actually, you mentioned there's so many, it's like my bookshelves filled with these things and there's pages sticking out of them in notes. But in terms of my personal life, I realize now, you know, in learning about how it all operates, looking back, especially to my younger years, when I would be very, very emotional and I'd make rash decisions and the world was ending and, oh, you know, I realized, and then the next day I was like totally normal again. It's like, what is going on? Similar to how you were talking. For me, now it's about identifying um, what's to come in say this coming week, where am I at in my cycle and what do I have going on and how do I need to support my emotional health? First of all. So I do spend a lot of time. I journal at night. That's my thing at night. I'll journal what happened in the day and just kind of how I'm feeling. And I like to ask myself guiding questions like what did I really like about today or what would I have changed? And then I can look back to the previous month or even the previous year and say, wow, okay, interesting. And I see a direct correlation to how I'm journaling to where I'm at in my cycle. And I've talked with other women who've said the same thing where like, like clockwork, the week before their period hits, they are having an argument with their husband. <laughs> 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 like, 
he just drives me crazy. And they're like, I didn't get it until, oh, okay. It's just, there's this biochemical thing happening in their body. And really it stemmed from not giving enough time to themselves to reflect, to slow down, to rest. And for myself, that's been huge because um, I came from the masculine marketing world, like the way marketing used to be. Like now I love the word marketing because it's beautiful. There's so much good stuff out there now. But like in the 80s and 90s, ooh, slick salesman, yuck, right? But it's that power, power, power broker kind of talk that got into me thinking, okay, I need to push away the feminine. And so I would think I had to go 90 miles an hour every single day, even the week before my cycle, even, you know, while my period is happening. And the body is actually telling us, you know what, you need to slow down. You can chill out. You can get extra rest. Maybe you don't even need to work out today. How about that? And for me thinking, well, no, great health. You got to exercise. You got to be right on it all the time. That is so much pressure. And our bodies as women will deplete themselves so easily when we're trying to operate on that male clock and with that pressure that can come from the masculine. Now, that said, the first two weeks of your cycle, which you know, I can talk about cycle phases in a bit if you want, the first two weeks are you know, more high energy, right? So then I do tap into the masculine part of me that get things done and get out there and talk to people and you know, be high energy and work out really hard. And, you know, and one other way I will say it's showing up I mean, there's many ways, but another way that it's showing up for me is in teaching my boys. I have two boys. And so they know all about this, how this works. They're, one's a preteen, one's just become a teenager. And I've said to them, look, you need to understand how your friends who are girls, what they're going through. Because, you know, my oldest one, he's, he's headed that direction too through puberty. And he's not happy about it. He's just like, why can't I just get the muscles? I want the muscles. That's all. And I said, I, I, I hear you, right? But here's how you need to have grace on your sisters. And them having that understanding is hopefully teaching them that, you know what? Girls and what happens to them every month, it's not growth. It's not, you know, taboo. It's the way God designed them. Like, I, I believe, you know, God created us. That's my, my personal belief. And I know everyone's got a different kind of um, idea of how everything came about. But I believe we were designed with this in mind. So if that's the case, we should not hide it in a closet, but celebrate it and work with it. I love, I love that you're already talking to your boys about this, not just, you know, talking to girls, but the, you know, teenagers and boys in our lives. Mm -hmm. So uh, can you give us just very briefly what the phases of the menstrual cycle um, are? Yes. So I always like to start, and I believe if you're even from a medical perspective, you would start with your, the day one of your menstrual cycle would be like, that's day one. So I will start there with, you've got your menstrual cycle and that's like three to five days. And then you head into your follicular phase and that's five to seven days. And you are basically having more energy at that point. Um, you are this, you know, your body's renewing itself all over again. And then you head into ovulation and ovulation, obviously, we know when that is. It's like, yeah, let's see, for having, wanting to have kids, this is the time. Now's the time to go for it. Um, and then after ovulation, you head into the luteal phase. And the luteal phase is longer. It's, it's like almost two weeks, um, like 10 days. 
And that is a time of slowing down as your body is, is starting to adjust and head into the menstrual phase again. And so that whole cycle, you know, when you piece it all together like that, you see that there's a time for every kind of energy and a time for every different type of food to eat, uh, a time for, and by that I mean, minus your foods that might be disruptive to your health. Like if you have a, a gluten intolerance or et cetera, you know, that's different, but you can eat differently. You can move differently through exercise and you can also plan your life differently. Um, and so for instance, from a relational perspective, you know, maybe planning dates and fun stuff for the beginning part of your cycle, especially maybe during that ovulation time, if you're really wanting to have a high energy vibe um, and meet new people and stuff. Um, but if you're headed towards the luteal phase, like at the end of the luteal phase into the menstrual phase, that's time to kind of slow down, you know, get extra rest and actually eat more high density nutritious food, which will help give your body enough energy to take you through your menstrual cycle, the menstrual phase of your cycle. And so it's almost like you are already, um, you kind of need to take care of yourself before your yes. menstruation arrives, like you're building up to that, you're investing it in yourself. And then perhaps if that luteal phase is a little shaky for you or a little hard in the next cycle, you kind of can go back and remedy that with the way you exercise, with the way you eat, which I know you talk a lot about. And actually, I kind of want to lead people to your website because you have an excellent resource about that. So SheilaBotello.com, I'm going to include a link to that. Um, and the resource is called Simplify Your Wellness Plan, Three Steps to Streamline Your Self-Care. And even though it says three steps, I have that document and it's not three steps. It's like you have a whole a lot of information in there, including you know, you are listing um, certain suggestions about each different phase of a woman's life um, or the cycle. So I kind of want to lead to how about the, the perimenopause and menopause? Mm. What are your thoughts on that as a wellness practitioner? Well, it's interesting because everything is great in theory. And then you go through those phases. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm in second stage perimenopause right now, and it's kind of interesting. I, I um, am fascinated to see all of the conversations I've had with women who have come through menopause are now, you know, kind of coming to the surface of my memory, and, and I'm really getting it. I'm understanding it. But ultimately, the way to have a really healthy perimenopausal and then eventually postmenopausal life is to take care of yourself in your younger years. I mean, it makes sense. We hear it all the time in health and wellness, right? Like, well, take care of yourself early. It'll help you later. But honest to goodness, with your cycle and with how severe menopause is, it's going to have a major impact. If you're living cyclically early on and if you're eating and moving and sleeping and, you know, you know, planning your life in conjunction with your cycle at a younger phase of your life, it's going to be much easier as you're making the transition. And I understand there is the genetic component, you know, we have to look, okay, well, what was our mother's experience? Like some of us will never know. Um, some of my friends, moms had hysterectomies, so they don't know. And some of them, maybe their mom just never told them and they passed away. My mom always was very, um, she would share with me these things. And I remember when my mom went through menopause and I remember around the age and I remember kind of how she was. So I, I'm like, okay, first of all, I think I, I have a good, 
we got a good history going for us. However, I know people whose who's, um, mothers maybe had a really horrible time, but they went on to still have a great experience with menopause because they took the steps ahead of time. Um, so that whole process, it's really just you keep following the cycle, but what you do even more of, I think, is checking in with how are you doing here, how are you doing here? So your heart and your head really getting clear on what is important to me. And women who've come through menopause will tell me it becomes crystal clear. Their priorities are very straight. Things that maybe they would have allowed to slide in their work life or their relationships early on, they don't let that happen anymore because they feel like, you know what, I know who I am. And I do believe that's what perimenopause, the beauty of perimenopause is you come into a, like a new awakening of who you are and it shows up in different ways. I love that. And that also makes me remom- remember another thing that you, you talk about a lot, which is sustainable self-care. So it's not because we get bombarded with a lot of input, right? I feel um, drink your juice, do your smoothie, you know, do the exercise this way or that way. So there's a lot of information or a lot of pressure also that we put on ourselves. So can you talk a little bit about what sustainable self-care means? Yes, pressure. Oh, the, and, and it's pressure we put on ourselves. It's so true. And, and we can say, oh, it's from out there, but we get to choose what we allow in. And so I think while, yes, there's so many wonderful health practices that you can put into place, I love to teach women how to take stock of everything that they're currently doing and connect with how they're currently feeling and then choosing one practice to start that's going to help them get the most value in how they're feeling. What I mean by that is, say you're having a horrible time sleeping and you know, what's the one thing you could change that would affect every area of your life? Well, I'm telling you, sleep is huge. So if we can help someone look at what they're eating, how much coffee they're drinking, what kind of stress levels they're they've got going on, um, what their evening practice is like, if they're rush, 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 right up till bedtime, or if they can maybe develop a, a relaxing kind of bedtime ritual that's going to help them ease peacefully into sleep. Once they're well rested, like I'm telling you, three to, three to five days of any new practice, particularly having a good bedtime routine, you're going to notice a huge difference. Then you're going to make better choices. You're not going to have as many cravings. You're going to make the time to sit and read a book or to go for a walk or to call a friend or to go out with your girlfriend or have a date. Because often, especially when you have kids, those things, they just, they go <laughs> the way But for all the women out there who are moms and you've had a baby trying, trying to get your baby to sleep at night, it's really no different. Mm-hmm. Anytime, in my experience and a lot of my friends, anytime I tried to have my child go through a new milestone and sleep was affected within three to five days of really being good with the bedtime routine, they were golden. It was awesome. And so it's no different for us later on in life. We think, Oh, that's just for kids. It's really not. We are all affected by how busy our day is, how chaotic our day is, um, emotions going on. And so we need a way to download that and just set it aside and just ease into sleep so we can actually perform better the next day. Yes. So Sheila, I know you, you talked a little bit about this when you were telling your story. Um, so tell us about um, loss and grief. 
and how um, how that's a part of life. That's a part of our greater cycle as well. So how does um, sustainable self-care or the cyclical self-care come into play in that time? Or as I call it, self-healing. And I love how you call that self-healing because we really are um, our own physicians. And if we, if we acknowledge that, we can really self-heal. Absolutely. Um, so there's so much to say on this topic as well. But I will say just a couple of things would be, in my experience, it's so easy to give all of yourself away when you're caring for someone who is going through an illness or when there's serious emotional stuff going on. Um, in my case, I had my young children and I was traveling and, you know, still had other responsibilities. And then I really wanted to be present there for my sister. No regrets. I I feel like everything happened the way it was supposed to happen. And I showed up in the way I feel honored to have done. And I also made sure that I got to bed at a decent hour. I could have stayed all night at the hospital. But she and I agreed that I needed to take care of me if I was going to be able to take care of her. Because we had a plan, you know, for when she was going to leave that hospital. We were going to do all these things. And, you know, she had all these plans. And so she said, no, you need to take care of you so you can take care of your kids. So I would go to bed at a decent hour. I made sure I ate really, really healthy. My healthiest, actually. (laughs) And I got up first thing in the morning and I went on a walk as much as I just really wanted to tear back over to that hospital because I really didn't know at some point she was on life support and came off life support. And I was like, maybe it's the day, maybe it's the day. You know, for days I would be sitting by her side and she was not conscious and I'd be talking to her and reading to her and praying with her, singing to her. (laughs) Um, And so I would, but I'm like, no, I need to make sure that I give to myself before I can go be with her. And so I did, and it sustained me. I didn't get sick. Um, my kids, I was able to make meals for them because they all came to stay with me for a very large chunk of time, not far from the hospital. So we had a little apartment and I could make food. And, and I found that actually the feeding of others and the, creating the normalcy in my life, that really helped me move through what I needed to go through to help her. And it helped me kind of just distract myself a little too, right? Because, okay, kids got to eat. So let's, you know, and my husband was incredibly helpful. He was doing a lot of it, but I wanted to just disengage from the hospital and make life normal again. So making life normal as you're going through grief, very important, having something that grounds you. And for me, it was my immediate family, my kids, my husband. Um, Another way of dealing with, um, with grief and loss, a way to give to yourself is to find out what fills you up in terms of relationships? You know, um, and journaling, of course, I, I'm always going to say journaling. <laughs> journaling was huge. But also was finding a few trusted friends who I could check in on and who were checking in with me to download what was happening um, at that time. I am uh, an external processor. So I guess that's why journaling is so important to me. But I also like to share it and kind of feel witnessed. Not everyone is that way. So for you to, even now, while times are good, Think about, well, how do I process this kind of emotional stuff and have kind of a little plan in place just in the back of your mind. Because the longer we live and the more people we know, we're going to go through a time of grief. We are going to go through loss. And it is a part of life. That is the cyclical part of the cosmos. And so being prepared for it by being healthy, having good 
self-care practices so that you can be there for those in need when they need you, fabulous. And also just take care of your heart. Make sure that you have some kind of spiritual connection, whatever that may be, because my faith was definitely the underpinning of everything. That there was a greater purpose or a soul's journey happening. I mean, however people want to, or, or that's what I'm hearing from, from the way you describe it. So as you're talking, I'm, what I'm realizing is that like you were, it's almost like you were in such a place on your journey during and perhaps before your sister's um, illness that you were able to stop and make these um, healthier choices. So my question to you is, um, how did you come to that point? <laughs> Meaning, like, was there a pivotal point in your life where you sort of learned that lesson prior? Or was it a lesson like you, you sort of realized during this journey? Um, like, was it a moment? Like, was it, was it a, um, you know, you know, years and years of growth? Like, how was, how did you come to that point where you were able to prioritize yourself in that situation? It's interesting. I think some of it comes from the mentors I had in wellness, but I think a lot of it was self-knowledge because I would look back to times in my teens and early twenties when I would get really, really sick. Like I had a few times where I had like severe, severe bronchitis, you know, and, um, and I was down and out. I couldn't do anything. And I, I realized those times there was severe stress going on in my life and I was ignoring taking care of myself. I was pushing through, pushing through. And so knowing that I knew that this very emotional time probably would trigger something like that for me. And knowing that, well, I'm a caregiver to my family. And even though my husband is amazing, there's one of him and two of my boys. <laughs> and he had, he had his full-time job at the time as well because he was doing some uh, accounting consulting. And so it's like, ah, you know, how do you do this all? So I was somehow tapped into that. I'd learned it over time. And, and since I still, I, can, I get like a little, there's almost like a, a sense that comes about me when, there's like a, a level of overwhelm maybe that I reach within myself that I realize, Oh, okay. This is the point where I need to just take a breath and step back and say no to some commitments and just go to bed <laughs> and set everything aside. I just, it's like a knowing now because I've experienced it enough times, I suppose. I feel like what I'm hearing in that is um, there's a piece of motherhood practicality, right? Like you, it, you have you have certain responsibilities and it's as much as you'd like to give a hundred percent to one person you still need to to give and be there for others so i love that and then i'm also hearing this um sort of this connection within your story of how you were describing your time um prior to going into wellness you were describing being in the male dominant um mindset and how that didn't feel right in your body so having that sense of like what feels good within mm -hmm. and how do I make changes and maybe it's not huge changes but small shifts in the way that I operate in the world so um 
And another thing I'm, um, you know, I want you to talk about a little bit is, is exactly that piece of being on a healer path, because I would consider you a healer, anyone who awakens the light within themselves and shares that wisdom to me is a healer. So I feel like you have been, first of all, I don't, I'm, what I'm hearing is you haven't quite stepped into it with the intention of being a coach or a healer. And then it feels to me like you have been open to it changing and evolving. Can you talk to about that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, change is the constant in life, right? And I think when we do the same thing over and over, we, we start to stagnate. And, you know, all growth is involving with exposing yourself to new things, new people, new experiences. And so... For me, um, I like to I like to be aware of what's happening around me and, and kind of in tune with what changes are happening on the horizon. And then you look at your own life and just our whole life is a whole bunch of stages. You know, we go from childhood to adolescence to our early 20s and, and then, you know, we're getting into career building years and perhaps family, family years, perhaps caring for elders. Like these are all stages and so they require different things from us. And so when I look at life that way, I know that, hey, I can will for no change to happen, but it's going to change anyway. <laughs> and so embracing it and saying, okay, I'm going to hop on the change train instead and enjoy the process and think, what can I learn from this experience? How can I grow? How can I serve? Um, it is having that, it's like having a, um, just a curiosity, right? A curiosity about life and the world around you. And in that process though, for, with the whole, the self-care and everything we were talking about earlier, it is all about having those boundaries and only you will know what boundaries are going to work for you because some people are more introverted. Some people are more extroverted. And I'm kind of, I'm balanced on either side. I think it really depends introvert, extrovert. I just know how much I can handle in one day. And I think once women sit down and really engage with their own experience, they can determine, do I need to do less? Do I need to maybe um, challenge myself more? What change do I want to see? And I think part of change is also knowing that you have the power to make the change. And sometimes just getting our head around that can be difficult because of how we were raised as a child or what our experience is in the career world. You just think, well, no, this is how it's done, but you can decide any time to make a change and celebrate it. But sometimes change happens to you. So you have to just roll with it. So I like to say, have a bit of a practice to care for yourself ahead of time so that when that change hits, you're not going to get thrown completely off track. You'll be somewhat grounded. Which was my experience for me. That was motherhood, which was a complete shock to my system. <laughs> which also I mean practically it made me a healer mm -hmm. so there's that um, but I love that part about being open to changing and evolving and and noticing right being in tune and noticing so on that note um, how what would you recommend to someone let's say who is very new to self-healing or noticing what where do they start what do they do what comes first? 
Okay, well, first of all, it's almost like any other kind of therapy in a way. I think it's looking back to what their experience has been to, that has brought them to where they are and you know how they're first also identifying how do they feel right now like what is their do they feel energetic do they feel depleted do they feel um like they're bored even you know bored with their lifestyle or workout routine or whatever it might be bored with their way of eating and and just see where they're at and what got them there so is there is their family life really out of hand and super busy um, and they don't feel like they can dial it back or is work taking on more and more and more of a demand in their life or are they feeling stagnant in their career or stagnant in a relationship? And so when you start there, you're able to identify, well, what feels good and what doesn't? Then you identify, well, how do I want to feel? And then from there, what I coach people through is the process of um, looking at their energy levels throughout the day, their practices during the day and the week, and what would you like to shift? And again, we do it like very slowly. It can be fast for some people because they're like, okay, I just want to keep moving and they're, they're just ready for it. But when you're really unsure, taking even one step in any direction can change everything. But it's that awareness, that self-awareness piece, that has to come first before anything else. So would you recommend someone to if especially if they haven't done this before would you recommend them to do it by themselves or to get help or do you feel like is it like depends on the person what would you say oh yeah there, there are people who are incredibly self-motivated who will just like i'm going to figure this out and i'm going to do all the research and i'm going to see and i think the beauty of coaching the beauty of healers is that we can help people short change short change short circuit <laughs> the growth right? By actually saying, look, here, try looking at these things and exploring these areas, these different practices. And so instead of them looking everywhere and then getting overwhelmed and like saying, oh, forget it. It's not worth it. They can invest a small amount of time to actually be coached by someone to, to just get, their, get them going in the right direction. Some people might need a coach for a few sessions. Some people might need one for a while. I think three to six months of time with, uh, with some guidance is pretty average for most people. And then some people find after that time, they really love the accountability piece of having someone to check in with, to say, look, how am I doing? I, I'm feeling like I'm making progress, but then I'm stuck over here. And in the coaching that I do, because it's integrative, it's not just about, well, what are you eating? It's, well, what stressors are happening in your life? What changes are happening? And how, what's the ripple effect in your life? How is it affecting every other area of your life? And sometimes it's hard to see that when we're on our own, right? You can't see the forest for the trees. So it all depends on what is it you want to achieve and how much you want to invest in yourself. I love to encourage women to invest in themselves because we invest in everything else and everyone else, right? We invest in our look. We invest in our, you know, in, in other things that make us feel good. But starting with ourselves and physically and emotionally how we're feeling is going to make all of those other purchases and experiences so much more rewarding. Yeah, I have to say that for me, it was in my healing journey, I was definitely the do-it-yourself person. Um, for different reasons, it was the way I, I grew up. It was also time and resources, and yeah. that was what was available to me. But then now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I am open to more. <laughs> and as I'm holding space for more people, I'm realizing 
I need to be seen. I need to um, get reflected back all the stuff that I, I'm not perhaps noticing myself. So, which is what I do for people and you do too. We, we, when we sit with someone, we sort of lovingly guide them into the territory of, okay, this is what is maybe being ignored. (laughs) That, you know, it's a loving, um, I call it fierce love. What is it that you're not seeing that you need to see? And I truly believe that, um, to, to be a grounded healer, you need to give that gift to yourself. Mm-hmm. And go search for people that you resonate with. It doesn't have to be that you get a you know healing every single week. It might be just like a tune-up, like you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to mention that. So, is there um, anything else you would like to share with with our listeners about what you do? And I know you're working on um, working with with a group of women uh, as well as one-on-one. So tell us a little bit more about that and anything else you feel you'd love to share? Well, I first want to resonate with what you just said. And yes, as healers, we got to fill ourselves up. Absolutely. And I have a whole team. (laughs) I have a team. I have my, you know, my, my body workers, like my chiropractor, my osteopath, massage, love those things. And then there's also, I have my own coach who I connect up with and, and they help me see things that I don't see. And it's a beautiful thing. And then often they'll mirror things for me that maybe, I wouldn't be willing to take, um, res- not, not responsibility, take um, credit for, right? Like it can be sometimes hard to take credit for something good that you're doing because, you know, we're nice girls. We don't think about that, you know, <laughs> right? It's how we're socialized as children. But sometimes it's just you need to have someone show you, hey, what are you doing right? And um, so that's helpful. And then in terms of what I'm doing right now, I am... Uh, the doors are open to my current program, which is Balance Your Hormones with Cyclical Living. And uh, I believe by the time you air this, the doors will be closed, but they will open again. And I have other programs. If you go to SheilaBatello.com forward slash programs, you will see them all listed there. And there are wait lists that you can sign up for, etc. cetera. Um, but I'm excited about it because having, uh, having experienced my own journey and then being able to take that experience as well as, you know, all of my mentors and teachers and their, their experience and the science behind it and share it with women to empower their lives makes me feel so good. Um, It's like together we are stronger. And so walking with women along this journey, I mean, I find here I am coaching them, but I learn so much from them and from their journey and their experience. I'm sure you find the same thing, Damla. Oh, I mean, every single day. And I'm, find, I'm finding this to be super delightful and nourishing and confirming in, in a lot of ways that um, for me, at least working from home, it can be pretty isolating to see there are other healers, other people in the world who are doing similar work and um, who are rocking it mm-hmm. is, is beautiful. And also to talk about stuff that I love to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, it's a wonderful forum. And it's so portable because you can, people can take Domla wherever they go in their yeah. pocket. Yes. And we do, we have listeners from Turkey, we have listeners from US, Canada. Um, so thank you so much, Sheila. This has been absolutely wonderful. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Um, 
And I want to remind people that they can go to your website, SheilaBotella.com, to download the free guide. We'll have a link for that. And then I always like to finish this with, um, if you're a healer or if you're a self-healer, just send this to someone who you think would benefit from this or get inspired by this. Um, it can be that you mention it over conversation, over tea, coffee. It can be that if you're a social media person that you share it. Um, I think it's, it's important to support this work and it's important to share the love, right? Mm -hmm. I agree. So thank you so much, Sheila. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being here. Take care.